Hello, everybody, and welcome to States of the Economy. My name is Cameron Meek, and I'll be filling in this month for Matt Longacre while he's out on leave. I'm joined, as always, today by CSBS senior economist Tom Seams so that he can share his perspective on the latest developments going on in the American economy. Tom, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Cam. All right, you've been reading the headlines, crunching the numbers. What's the big economic story right now? You know, right now, I think it's got to be the 2021 bond market conundrum, or something we might call yield to strange bond market movements. So the facts are that the interest rate or the yield on the 10-year treasury bond um, started the year at just slightly under 1%. And then it rose during the three months of the year um, when this, the economy started to get you know, get going, get past some of the uh, pandemic things with the vaccines coming out and looked like things were going to recover. Uh, election was behind us, all that. And so it went up to 1.74% in mid-March. And so that kind of signaled that it looked like we were getting stronger economic growth. But then it flattened out until mid-May. And uh, since then, by mid-June, it had dropped about 1.47%. And then 1.37% last week, I think it closed, or it's trading about 1.36 today. So the big story is why. Why this run up in the yield and then um, having it come back down so much? And so first, I think it's important to remember that bond prices and yields move in opposite directions. So when bond yields drop, that means the prices have increased. And typically... When the 10-year yield slips like that, um, you know, a lot of folks think that's an indication of slower economic growth that's going to be ahead. But as we've seen, there's just a slew of economic indicators that really signal otherwise. It seems like things are getting really strong. We're going to have really robust growth. Uh, moreover, when we see inflation accelerating like it seems to be doing now, uh, bond yields typically rise, not fall, to take that into uh, effect. And so solving this mystery is complicated by the fact that bond yields can rise and fall for both good and bad reasons. So labor market conditions, government borrowing trends, expectations of wage and price inflation, all kinds of things. Um, so uh, that's the big story. And I guess I just concluded by saying I'm not sure what it's signaling right now. Uh, maybe we just need to keep an eye on it. Maybe it's just short-run movements that are puzzling here. Um, I expect the yields to generally rise, uh, you know, over the next couple of years. But what's happened over the last couple of months is rather perplexing, and it's uh, getting a lot of press. Okay, so the bond markets may be sending us an ambiguous economic signal, but you mentioned that there are a slew of other data points that give us cause for optimism. So let's start with those. What's the good news from this month? Yeah, well, every time we do this, we talk about jobs. And uh, last month we had a really good jobs report. Uh, we showed um, 850,000 more workers uh, that were added to the payrolls in June. And about 40% of those 343,000 jobs were in leisure and hospitality. So a lot of the restaurants and entertainment and, and uh, hotels, et cetera, uh, those folks are going back to work. The unemployment rate actually um, rose, uh, but it only went up a tenth of a percent, and it's still at 5.9%, which is pretty low. 
And actually, that, that the, the fact that it went up can be good news because that just means more people are out looking for work. I think another big indicator um, that's showing that things are getting maybe a little more back to normal is the back to normal index. So CNN Business and uh, Moody's Analytics put this index together. It uh, looks at um, a bunch of economic indicators, and it's showing the economy right now is at 91. And that is uh, uh, the, the, the standard, if you will, or what that's based on is 100 is where the economy was just prior to the pandemic. So February 2020 would be 100. So are we getting back, you know, to that level? And we've got uh, we've got three states that are over 100, South Dakota, Montana, Idaho. There are several states in the 90s, um, and it's generally rising. And I've seen it as high as 93 overall for the U.S. So 91 uh, is a little bit of a slip back from the 93, but uh, still signaling pretty good numbers. And then usually every, every uh, month I've talked about the manufacturing and non-manufacturing indices, and those continue to signal really strong economic growth. Both indicators are above 60, and as you'll recall, anything above 50 is considered expansionary. So those are really strong numbers, and they've been up uh, above 60 for quite some time. Finally, kind of on the home front, uh, CSBS, we do a quarterly community bank sentiment index, also known as the CBSI. And for our second quarter, uh, the banker sentiment number came in at 115. Now, 100 is considered neutral. So below that is kind of, you know, looks like things are going to be bad. Above 100, looks like things are going to be pretty good. So that optimism um, is the same as what we had in the first quarter. Uh, and we had five of the seven components that showed uh, that bankers you know, are, are more optimistic about what's going to uh, happen ahead. And those are things like um, they foresee better business conditions, higher profitability, uh, they're going to increase their capital spending. Um, they, they, they are going to expand their operations more. And uh, the increases in franchise values will come from that as well. So that's, that's a, a good summary of some of the good news that's going on right now. Okay, so we've covered the good, but is there anything that's still giving economists pause for concern? What's the bad news from this latest round of economic data? Well, I'm a... I'm a two-handed economist, so yes, on the one hand, I can show you the good news, and on the other hand, we can show you the bad news. And so certainly there's there's bad news. If we stay first with the CBSI, I mentioned there were five of the seven indicators that went up, but there were two that, that are pulling the index down. And community bankers right now um, fear that there's going to be a heavier hand of regulation in the future, and they also are concerned about possible Federal Reserve monetary policy missteps that could um, cause some uh, longer run harm to the economy. So both of those indicators were actually lower than 100, and they were also lower than 100 back in the uh, first quarter. Um, also, and on the negative side, we're seeing continued supply chain problems um, um, throughout the economy, a lot of su supply side issues. 
whether it be in labor markets where businesses want to hire and they can't find workers or chip manufacturers. Um, of course, that's impacting auto sales and a lot of other products. There's just a number of adjustments that are hindering this bounce back. And a lot of that stems from potential fears of another outbreak. Um, on the jobs front, I mentioned you know, 850,000 additional workers is good news. The bad news is that the long-term unemployed, those are people that have been out of work 27 weeks or more, um, that's roughly six months or more, that rose by 233,000 last month. And so now there's more than 4 million people that have been out of work for um, at least half a year. And generally speaking, you know, the longer someone stays out of work, the harder it is that they're going to be able to get back in. On the flip side, though, there's the JOLT survey. That's the Job Opportunity Labor Turnover Survey. And that shows that there's a lot of openings out there. There's a record 9.2 million job openings right now. So there's, there's work to be done. All right, Tom. So what I think I'm hearing from you is we're having some supply-side problems, but there are causes for optimism. Manufacturing's growing. We're still adding jobs. So what do you think comes next for the U.S. economy? Well, for jobs, I think they're going to continue um, to rebound. And I, I hope to see around 750,000 jobs coming back each month over the next several months. You know, we're going to have some months that are going to be much lower than that. We might have months that are going to be higher than that. But uh, since we're still pretty far behind where we were in February of 2020, it's going to take until probably sometime early in, in uh, 2023 before we get back to that former peak employment level. Um, it could take that long. It might be able to get there sometime in 2022. Um, uh, some other things that are coming right right up front here is, you know, we just completed the second quarter, and so that we're going to get the first look at second quarter GDP or gross domestic product, which is the value of all final goods and services produced. And it's going to be a big number, um, something like around 9%. Uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with where we were a year ago. Uh, but also, we've just had a, a lot of activity here in the second quarter. I think something else we need to be concerned about is inflation. Um, it seems to be rearing its ugly head. We had uh, the inflation reports came out today. And uh, the Fed and others are saying it's transitory and it's going to, you know, price stay up maybe a little bit high, but go back down to the 2 to 3% level once things settle down. Um, I'm not as convinced about this. Uh, some of that inflation may be embedded because it's going to roll into housing prices or rent um, uh, and, uh, and, and probably not back off much. But then again, I also thought the 10-year yield would continue to climb throughout 2021, so I haven't gotten that one right. Um, something else that's ahead that uh, we probably need to be watchful of is a potentially ugly forbearance cliff. Uh, the rental eviction moratorium expires at the end of this month, and the foreclosure moratorium on, on mortgages and student loans expires the end of September really don't know where those things are going to go or if they're going to be uh, problems, but uh, it's coming uh, as far as those expirations. So something to keep an eye on. 
Okay, so I feel like that gives us a pretty comprehensive view then of the factors that are pushing and pulling on the U.S. economy right now. So I'll close this out how we always do by asking you what issues do you think should be on the radar of regulators in the coming months? What should they be looking out for? Yeah, so I've mentioned some things, you know, to watch the 10-year Treasury yield, for example, uh, the pace of potential inflation and where that's going, um, this possible forbearance cliff. You know, regulators, like you said, they, they need to be watching out for risks and they need to be ever mindful of these things, even when they're not real visible right now. So it's really important that they ask good questions and probing questions. They need to ask bankers the what if type of questions like you know what if there's changes in interest rates or inflation rates or foreclosure rates or default rates etc what does that happen what what happens to their asset quality and their profitability um you know ask them how the supply chain disruptions impact the their loan portfolio um, and their asset quality Ask how the Fed's monetary policy decisions might impact their local markets. Ask what concerns them most. You know, find out from them what keeps the bankers up at night. And you know, as you know, community bankers are super important to small business creation, and small businesses are responsible for creating most of the jobs. And so that's a primary driver of sustainable economic growth. So. We need strong community banks so that we can have strong communities, so that we can have a strong economy and strong nation. All right, Tom. Well, thanks again for joining us and helping us sift through these mounds of economic data and digest and make sense of them. I feel like I certainly have a better understanding now of what's going on out there. So until next month, this has been States of the Economy.